the sports stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sports Dance. I'm your host, Greg, and man, thank God it's Friday, am I right? Hopefully you know you've had a good work week, you're almost done with it, you're this close to being home and having the weekend, hopefully, most of you, majority of you. And of course, why not end it with listening to me here on 12 Ounce Sports Radio, or if you're listening to it on the podcast, on all the different streaming platforms, but in general, you're listening. That's all that matters. Am I right? We're going to get into some sports. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk some postseason baseball. We have Paul's Pylon. Maybe, just maybe if there's time, we'll talk either hockey, college football. My guess is, though, there may not be any time. we got a lot to talk about, so let's just get right into it, especially with the NFL. We're kicking it off. And speaking of kicking, one guy that's not going to be doing a lot of it, or really any of it, the rest of this season is Steven Guskowski of the Patriots. That is right. He was placed on the injured reserve list. He is not going to be kicking the rest of the season. He had a hip issue, apparently, that none of us knew about. And that clearly explains why he missed four extra points and a field goal this year so far. Really? <clears throat> I'm not usually a conspiracy theorist. But what I think is going on is... get get. I don't want Bill to hear this. I think Bill wants to cut him, but he's too nice in this situation. And he's just like, you you go get your checks. I'll cut you in the offseason. You have a hip injury, just so you know. That's what I think happened. I honestly don't think, I mean, obviously, he's hurt. I mean, feel bad for him. He was having a very rough start to the season, especially for extra points. So we'll see. Who knows? If it continues next year, I could see them actually happen to cut him. But for now, the Patriots will be up without Goskowski for the first time since, I think, 2011. They signed Mike Nugent as their kicker. They hired, uh, I can't think of his name, uh, to be on their practice squad as a backup. He has a funny name, Koo. That's what it is. They have Koo on their practice squad. So they got guys. None of them are as, you know, good as Goskowski. Don't get me wrong. I kid, I joke about the whole conspiracy theory and all that. Guskowski, over the past however many years he's been on the Patriots, I think it's like been since 2007, 2008, maybe even before that, has been one of the most accurate kickers in all of the NFL. Like, just ever. Basically, Justin Tucker's better than him. So it says a lot. And when you see him struggle like he has at the beginning of the season, you knew there had to be something off. I didn't know if it was an injury. Apparently it was. But so that at least starts that. And, you know, Patriot fans are going to be like, well, now we don't have our kicker. We don't have our fullback. We don't have our offensive lineman. You're still going to win. Like, don't worry. You have a very easy schedule. You face a Redskins team whose head coach came out and literally said, didn't just figuratively, literally said, we don't have a game plan for the Patriots. I don't even know who my starting quarterback is going to be. Those those words came out of Jay Gruden's mouth. Like, 
they could throw out Haskins, Keenum, or McCoy on Sunday. None of them will do well, so you might see all three. (laughs) But it's a possibility. So don't worry. You're going to be fine, Patriot fans. Just hang in there. And when we're on the Patriots topic, we're going to move over to some Patriot rumors. Where it's really Vikings rumors, but the Patriots somehow got wrapped up into it. Where you had Stefan Diggs, who has, you know, followed Patriot players, not shown up to practice for non-injury related reasons. Just just terrible things going on in the Vikings offense. Target shares are completely down from last year for Diggs. To put it in perspective of how bad the pass offense for the Vikings has been this year, last year Diggs had 44 targets, I believe, at this point through four games or something along that line. He had 44 targets, 27 catches, 311 yards. This year, through four games as well, he has only seen 19 targets. That is a huge drop-off from the year before. And it is shown both him and Thielen are super pissed about the way the offense has been handled, how Cousins has been playing, so much so that Cousins came out and apologized for how he's been playing. Do you know how bad of a quarterback play you have to be playing for you yourself having millions upon millions of dollars guaranteed to you knowing you were playing so poorly and your receivers have every right to call you out that you need to apologize to them? That's just bad. He is so bad. If you've never seen the video of him doing his gender reveal, that's basically what his passing game has been like this year. Close, kind of on target, but not not really. Not not at all, actually. He actually had a better aim in the gender reveal, and it was pretty bad there. But so, the big rumor has been somehow the Patriots are going to trade for Diggs, who has not requested a trade. He's just frustrated. So let's get that clear. He is not requesting a trade, even if he was. The Vikings would want a king's ransom for a player like Diggs, who is a young, very talented wide receiver who any team would want and is controlled through 2023. So it's not like the Patriots can just be like, oh, hey, here's a fifth and some random person. No, they'd actually have to give up probably a first, a player. They'd have to give up a decent amount to get a player of his talent, especially, especially. Especially, even though they're not in the same conference, the Vikings know a team like the Patriots would be a team they eventually would have to beat in a Super Bowl if they made it. And they don't necessarily want to give them one of their main weapons to go against. Granted, it wouldn't happen this year. The Vikings aren't going anywhere this year. It's the Packers, maybe even the Lions, and the Bears, depending on how Chase Danos does. Vikings, not so much. But Diggs right now is just frustrated, like Jalen Ramsey's frustrated in Jacksonville. But neither of them are going anywhere. Even if they don't show up, even if they have back injuries, even if they have the birth of their second child or the flu, whatever it is, neither of those guys are going anywhere. This isn't the NBA. You can't just force your way out. It's the NFL. It's very different. Besides those two things, you also have on the Jets front, Sam Darnold decided, hey, do I really need a spleen? Quick answer, yes. Second question, what happens if I play with protection and get hit in the spleen? 
Well, Sam, I'm not a doctor, but according to the doctors, you die. Yeah, so I figured that should let be set in. If Sam Darnold played against the Eagles this weekend with an enlarged spleen, and he apparently gets hit at the right angle the right way, which is very possible because it's football and that's literally the whole point of the game, he could die. So my question is, why are you hurrying back? Like, seriously, Sam, why? Why are you trying to rush back? You are on an 0-3 Jets team who is clearly not going to win your division, who is not going to get a wild card. You're in your second year of the NFL in general. Don't rush back. The Jets like you. The fan base likes you. You seem like a nice guy. You have three more years at the helm of this team before they give up all hope on you. Trust me. They allowed Mark Sanchez to be their starting quarterback for a very long time. Tebow was even brought in. Like, you, you've got time, buddy. Get over your cooties and the mono and all that. Don't rush back. Nobody needs to see you die on the field because Fletcher Cox got through a double team and just landed on you. Like, nobody... We're good. Nobody needs to see that. All right? Good? Okay. Glad we got got that discussed with. Besides that, only other major things going on at this point in the week that you already haven't heard a billion times. Saquon Barkley is apparently Superman. He might be coming back. So, good, good for him. They don't... I mean, honestly, if you're the Giants, why why would you rush him back? I get if he's, you know, awesome, super healthy, strong guy, getting over all that, cool. But just don't. Don't do it. Doesn't seem like a good move. Just like Darnold, New York teams, keep a hold on your star young guys and don't let them play before they're completely healthy. That That's all I got to say about that. That's it. That's all I have to say. Besides those quick stories in the NFL, the only other thing to talk about, Thursday night football. So let's talk about that for a few minutes before we get into the must-watch and all of that. Because don't worry, that's coming. But let's talk some Thursday night football. Uh, plain and simple, really good game. I've, that's a, two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, Thursday Night Football has put it on and balled out. That sounded weird coming out of my mouth. Don't worry. I realize it. I will check myself before I wreck. I No. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not. We're just going to move on. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that cool. It was a good game, though. I mean, Russell Wilson is a magician. If you didn't know this already, just go back and watch some of the some of the throws he made last night. I don't I don't even know how. He broke tackles, he was flipping balls, he was literally dropping balls in like he was dropping water into a bucket. It was just impressive. He took some nice deep shots down the field. He had all his wide receivers involved. He had Lockett getting a touchdown, Metcalf getting a touchdown, Moore getting touchdowns. Like, everything everything seemed to be going right for Russell. 
And granted, anytime you see him play primetime, he seems to put on a show for everybody. He definitely put on a show last night. And so did the Rams. So did Goff. I mean, it's a big bounce back week from last week and how bad they looked against the Bucks. Both quarterbacks, you know, at the beginning of the game, it looked like it was going to be Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. Then halfway through the second quarter, the Rams finally got things going. Like this was the type of NFC West clash you were hoping for. And the funny thing is, both of these teams aren't even first in their division. That honor goes to the 49ers, who are still at this point undefeated. So therefore, they're number one. They face Cleveland on Monday night, though. So if Cleveland does even close what they did to Baltimore, well, San Francisco, you might not be undefeated anymore. I know you got Jimmy G Magic and all of that. It can, it can only go so far. At some point, you're going to be not undefeated. The only teams that really have a legit shot, no, not even the Chiefs. After how they played against the Lions, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they have a legit shot. They'll definitely lose. Patriots, I mean, you never know. Eli Manning has to make it somehow to the Super Bowl and defeat them. That's how they lose this year, I think. But anyway, Thursday night football. The game, as I said, was crazy. Russell Wilson, magician. End of the game, though. Seahawks needed a first down, couldn't get it. They were up by one. Jared Goff led the Rams down the field and got into position for Greg Zerillion Legatron to go for a 44-yard field goal, and he had been automatic all night until this one. He just, just missed it to the right, making the Seahawks come out on top 30-29. to Like, just another amazing Thursday night football game. Things we didn't really get to say a lot. We've gotten to say it back-to-back weeks. The game was phenomenal. Both quarterbacks, Goff, yes, he made a late interception that cost the Rams, but he did give them at least one more shot at the end of the game after the defense stepped up to have a chance to win it, and they just they couldn't they couldn't come through. Special teams couldn't come through. Kicking is a huge thing. We talked about it with Guskowski, one of the best kickers in the league. He even struggled this year. Zerillion, always one of the better kickers. Clearly, just last kick, barely missed. But there isn't a football. Fantastic. But enough of my ramblings on about things that have happened this week. We're going to go to an ad quickly for Thrive Fantasy, and then we'll come right back and do our must-watch, upset watch, and lock it in before we go to Paul's Pylon. All right? So here it is, Thrive Fantasy. Daily fantasy sports have taken the world by storm, and Thrive Fantasy is a whole new twist. Make prop picks on only the top players in each game, no more sifting through the 12th man of a basketball roster, then sit back and enjoy the action. 12-Ounce Sports and Thrive Fantasy have now partnered to offer our listeners free house money to play with. Just use the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS during your next deposit to receive the bonus. That's Thrive Fantasy and the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. Now go win. All right, again, that's Thrive Fantasy. Make sure to go check it out. You won't regret it. Trust me. Now it's time for my must-watch, upset-watch, and lock it in. That's right. Every week, I do the same thing. You know what it is. Sometimes I hit, sometimes I don't. Last week, quick review, my must-watch, Browns-Ravens. 
did not hit. Yeah, the Ravens got their doors blown off by them by the Browns. Nick Chubb specifically just destroyed them in the run game. I, I thought it was going to be much more of a battle than that, but it wasn't. So, I mean, I guess good for Brown Sands, bad for everybody else. My upset watch last week was close again on almost hitting. I mean, I know what teams are going to get close to upsetting. It's a matter of actually getting one that does upset. I'm working on it. Last week, I had the Bills over the Patriots. I was close. I mean, Josh Allen, who knows what happens if he stays in. Barkley almost led the Bills to an upset victory because the Patriots looked awful. I mean, let's just be honest. The offense was sad. We talked about it already, especially with the Goskowski injury. It was just just sad-looking offense. And then finally, my lock it in did not hit, which shocked me, shocked you, shocked everybody in the NFL betting world because it was the Chiefs at 6.5 over the Lions in Detroit with the Dome. Not only did they not cover, they barely squeaked out, squawked out, squeaked out a win. And Patrick Mahomes, who we all thought was basically going to throw for 1,000 yards inside a Dome, didn't even get a touchdown. Think about that. The man who can make no-look passes didn't even throw a touchdown. That is ridiculous to think of. Especially against a Lions team who was out with without their best cornerback in Darius Slay. Like, you don't have your top guy in your secondary, and the Chiefs still somehow don't cover. I it's I, I don't I didn't get it. But I guess every team has their games. We saw the Patriots struggled against the Bills. Chiefs struggled against the Lions. I guess the Lions are better than we really give them credit for. Matt Patricia has made them a competitor, and good for them. Good for the fans of Detroit. At least they have a product on the field that they can be proud of at this point. All right, now let's look to this week. This week, we have all the, a ton of games to choose from. I'm going to go with my upset first because looking across the board, not a lot of games that you could say that is a definite upset pick that could even happen. I mean, obviously, you could go Washington Redskins over the Patriots, but we're not idiots here. You could go Jets over Eagles again. We're not, you know, we weren't, weren't born yesterday like some of our listeners. Instead, though, I will go with a t- game that I do think there is a chance. I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos over the Chargers. Yes, that's right. The Denver Broncos, the 0-4 Denver Broncos led by Joe Flacco without Chubb as a pass rusher, all of that. I think they may have a chance. Why? Well, like I said, every team has their down weeks. The Chargers aren't a team that is always on their A game. They're at home, but it's really never a true home game playing in a soccer stadium. They're dealing with a lot of different injuries at the moment. They have Melvin Gordon coming back. Most likely he will be starting. Don't know how he's going to integrate into the play without Eckler being on the field to start off with. You don't know how much of a share he's going to get. That could affect how he plays, how his rhythm of the game goes. So, you know, all these different things. The Broncos are going to be playing mad. They're going to be playing angry. Might just be enough that could get them, gets them a win. I mean, they've come pretty close so far this year. One of these times they're going to get it. They're not going to be a team that goes 0-16, despite what the product look like, so looks like on the field right now. They should not be an 0-16 team. But so they're my upset pick, especially because right now the spread line is only a touchdown. 
It's a six and a half point favorite in favor of the Chargers. I think I think the Broncos flat out win that. Obviously, Chargers don't cover all that stuff. But I think the Broncos upset the Chargers this week in LA. Now I'm gonna go with my lock it in pick. Lock it in this week. You know, there are some games you could look at. Do I go with the big spread points? Do I take the gamble with the Patriots? Do I think Kansas City actually pulls it off? But no, I'm going to be conservative. I'm actually going to go the Jacksonville Jaguars to flat out win the battle of Minshew versus Kyle Allen, the young guns who have been backup replacements that are doing a great job making you question when the starter gets healthy. Does Cam come in? Does Nick come in? Who knows? But I think Minshew Mania goes into Carolina and takes down the Panthers. And, you know, that's what I'm going to lock in. I'm locking in the Jags over the Panthers, meaning it's just a straight-up winner. That's what it is. So lock that in. Minshew Mania continues. I think, you know, Leonard Fournette gets a touchdown or two here. Christian McCaffrey tries to put the team on his back. I mean, he can only get so many yards in a game himself. Kyle Allen doesn't do poorly, but he just doesn't do enough. And seriously, nobody's beating the magical stash right now, at least not Carolina. So that's my lock in for the week. Finally, my must-watch, as much as I don't like this team, it's a must-watch game. There's a few games every year that way you can look to and go, this is a rivalry that even though they're not in the same division, they're in the same conference, but they've just had enough games against each other over the years that have gone in terrible ways you gotta watch it and that is the Dallas Cowboys and Green Bay Packers partly because you have the whole Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks all time versus is Dak actually a good quarterback the stats right now say yes but overall what you see on the field maybe what he did against the Saints collapsed he faced a good defense for the first time this year didn't look so good didn't look so hot made me smile Then you have the Packers coming off a tough loss at home against the Eagles. The game ending with, you know, an interception in the end zone, some play calling at the end of the game, a little mishap, LeFleur, what are you doing? I just feel like that's how you have to say his name every time, like Dodgeball. LeFleur, like, maybe not like that. But him, Rodgers, are they going to get on the same page if they're at the one-yard line? Are they just going to run the ball? They should, honestly. They really, really should. But we'll see. That is why you got to watch it. Dez didn't catch it. Yep, that's right. I said Dez didn't catch it all those years ago. Rodgers come back in the playoffs against Cowboys. It's just one of those things. Plus, if the Cowboys lose, it'll just really bother Skip Bayless. And I haven't done a really skip in a while. And that might just make it come back for two minutes next week. Because if the Packers win and Dak Prescott does not play well, oh, I can't wait to see the excuses he makes. I can't wait. They'll be fantastic. You know it. I know it. And that's really all that matters. I know it. Because if you don't know by now, go back and listen to past episodes at least a few weeks back. I really just don't like Skip Bayless. Or the Cowboys, as a matter of fact. So that is my must-watch. Those are my must-watch, my lock-it-in, my upset-watch. All of that, again, brought by Thrive Fantasy. And now, we're going to go away from NFL because we got to end on the must-watch, upset-watch, and lock it in.
which again, I will remind you really quick what they are. My upset watch is Broncos over the Chargers. My lock it in is the Jaguars to flat out win against the Panthers. And then my must watch is Packers Cowboys. But now we're going to get into Paul's pylon. Paul isn't going with the NFL this week. We're switching it up. That's right. If you don't know what it's about, just tune in. Here it is. Paul's pylon. Paul's pylon. That's right. It's another week of Paul's pylon. And with me, as always, as he should be, even despite the fact that he just had a fourth grandchild added to his stable of grandchildren, it's Paul. Paul, how you doing? Doing great, Greg. Great to be on the show. Wouldn't miss it. Clearly, you traveled down to another state. You found time to make your own little setup so you could do the show. And yet, you're still being number one granddad. How about that? Well, that's uh, that's what you do when you have a commitment. Love your show, and I love being a part of it. And right now, all is well. Uh, mother, father, and baby are doing great. And so is Big Sister, so a shout-out to all of them, and very happy for them. And currently, Grandma's taking care of Big Sister, so that's always helpful. That is very helpful. You may hear footprints overhead. <laughs> it's okay. You may hear my child going to sleep at some point. I guess you can't hear footprints. No. Yeah, I'd be... steps. Yeah, yeah. Footprints would be pretty hard. Um, be also kind of sketchy. Might be a ghost. Are we talking ghost grandchildren here? Because that might be creepy. That would be creepy. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about ghosts. We've talked about the grandchildren. Let's get into some lighter fare of sports. What do you got for okay. us this week? Paul? Well, this week we're going to take a little bit of a right turn away from football. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball. we got the playoffs coming up, and we uh, have a little bit to talk about. This has nothing to do with the fact that the Patriots barely escaped by the Bills, right? So that was ugly. Yeah. And something that everybody wants to forget pretty quick it's funny immediately after the game the hype on everybody's facebook is they saw gronkowski training they saw him on the field that's gonna be every week practicing so but now the now goskowski as i talked about earlier before this segment is out for the year i think it's a bill being nice and cutting him some checks and saying i'm gonna cut you after next year but that's about it well a lot going on in that organization, and a lot going on in Boston sports altogether. Except for the Red Sox, who did not make the playoffs in baseball, like we're going to talk about. Yeah, and they're finally going to make some moves, and hopefully they'll spend a little money. And on Mookie, yes, correct. Yeah, that's that. That would be uh, sinful, uh, and and not a great great move. But no. and again, not always fan favorite um, moves made by the organization, but. Uh, as long as they pull out a World Series, that'll be great. Yeah, exactly. So what do you got first? We got baseball. What's on the docket, though? So um, when you think about baseball, a lot of games can get pretty long, can get pretty boring. So I, I just picked out a few things that I thought were worthy of talking about. And number one was the pitcher who has hit the most consecutive batters. Was that this year? No, nope, it was not this year. Oh, I was going to say, I think it was the guy for the Nationals. <laughs> it was Javier Vas- Vasquez, um, played for the Yankees. They were playing Tampa Bay, and he hit three batters in the seventh inning. They lost 10-3. to three. 
Um, there were several other players that have done it, but he is the most recent in 2010. Hmm. Not noteworthy, but just a tidbit. Maybe we'll you, just wanted to, you just wanted to throw a Yankee in there. <laughs> you just wanted to throw a Yankee, little dig at a Yankee player. I get it. Yeah, well, funny you should mention it. How about we go to another topic? The longest career with the same team. Uh, Cal Ripken or like Derek Jeter? So, 23 years. A Red Sox player, of course. And an Orioles player. 23 years. Who were they? Kyle Yastrzemski and Brooks Yeah, gotta love it. Yeah. Yeah, so makes sense. Eleven Red Sox players were career players with the organization. Eleven other players, three of which went into the Hall of Fame. Hmm. Can you name three who went into the Hall of Fame? Well, one of them you 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 know. Kara Stramski. Yes. Um. Hmm. Let's think about this. One's career surrounded his stint in the armed forces. Oh, Ted Williams, and then who'd be the third? I'm sorry, there were four, but go ahead. Oh, I thought you said three. Jim Rice. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And Bobby Doerr. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that one. I was trying to think. I was trying to make sure of guys who stayed the whole time. It goes back. It it it, it goes back a ways, but some of them surprise me. Jason Veritek. Yeah, because he got traded before he was on actually on the major league roster. Yep. Bob Stanley. Bob Montgomery. Mike Greenwell. Don DiMaggio. Rico Petroselli and Mel Parnell. A lot of career players around the league, but I thought that was worth mentioning since, you know, I am a diehard Red Sox fan. You? So, since we talked about that... The flip side of the coin, how about the shortest Major League Baseball career? Two days. Oh, no, it's one day. And who is it? I don't remember the name, but I remember, as a kid, I remember hearing about it more so. There's definitely a guy, he got up for the last day, like the season, and then never played again. So this, you are, you are, I, I would say you're surprising me, but... Your knowledge on sports never surprises me. This guy was born in 1904, and he passed away in 1958. He was a catcher, and he caught his one game in 1926 with the New York Giants. Yep. He played one inning, three outs, and never got an at-bat. He retired after the game and opened Brown Town Beefery, a very successful New York eatery. Uh, a place that would not work today, based on the name. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Because um, as I'm reading it, so it's Jimmy Browntown Boyle was. Browntown has a whole different meaning nowadays. Absolutely, I thought there, that, that was uh, probably a nickname that would have to go with someone that was born in 1904. Oh yeah, uh, could you just imagine the commercial day? Come on down to Browntown. <laughs> that would that would that would not that would. That would be terrible. Never played in the minor leagues. He went right from college to the majors. Were there even minor leagues at that point, though? Um, 1904. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the 1920s had minor leagues. 
All right. How about the oldest living major league player today? Not active player, retired. Oh, oh well, that changed it completely. I'm not going to have a clue. If you meant like oldest playing, I probably could have thrown out a good guess. So Valheim was born November 4th, 1920. Say the name again. Valheim, H-E-I-M. Okay. He had a very brief career with the Chicago White Sox. And that's probably why you don't know his name. And when yeah. I take a brief, very brief. It was not longer quite than two days. <laughs> not quite as brief as Jimmy Browntown Boyle. Yeah, no. I think maybe he at least got two days in the majors. Just about. So you're sitting at a baseball game, Greg, and the guy walks up and sits in front of you, and he's got ice cream and a baseball hat. Yeah, my friend bought one for my son. All right, now I can't go there. <laughs> you can, because... Your friend bought it, not your yeah. son. So foodandwine.com has something to say about a guy who buys ice cream and a baseball helmet. I'd love to hear it, because it's my one friend that you know who, well, no, you know not... who it is. So anyway, they say they're way too into themselves and baseball. They probably own a foam finger. They may or may not have been thrown out of a game for being intoxicated, and they're overcompensating for something else. One out of whatever you just said there probably is accurate for my friend who got one. He claims you got to, to give to me to give to my kid. But the overcompensating for things may be correct. <laughs> oh, boy, he used to be a friend. <laughs> This is a show if he listens to the show or not. Oh, that's true. That's true. All right. And it wouldn't be Paul's Pylon without a little bit about snack time. Yeah, well, who who love who doesn't love Cracker Jacks more than you? All right. So let's talk about the all time. All time. Snacks at a baseball game. It has changed somewhat with the introduction in nineteen seventy six of Nachos. Yeah, well obviously. Nachos are amazing. All time ten, it doesn't make the list. Number 10 is cotton candy. Is this a list of favorite baseball foods of everybody or just you? Funny I should mention it. Again, I'm back to food.com and all time from Major League Baseball stadiums. Number 10 is cotton candy. And you know that is my all-time favorite. It should be number one. Yeah, I, I know. That's why I thought this list was skewed. All right. Number nine, ice cream. It makes sense. Yeah, I guess over time. A lot of kids. Number eight, popcorn. I thought popcorn would be way up there. All time. I, I think popcorn's fallen down because it's a mess. It's actually gotten a little bit worse uh, in the last 10 years. It, yeah. it's, it's gone from number eight to number 10. French fries. Hmm. See, that I thought would be higher. They're off the list, and I think they're off the list because of that. When you get French fries... At a baseball stadium, you see somebody go by. They all they, they they look like a mess. There's cheese on them. There's I don't know. I I don't eat messy food anywhere. Looks delicious. Sausage is number six. Doesn't make the list. The new list. Cracker Jacks is number five, but falls to number six of recent times. Hmm. Bratwurst number four. Chicago no, loves it. No, no, yeah, no longer on the list. Peanuts is number three. Yeah, that makes sense. You find shells everywhere. 
Hot dogs is number two. What's number one? Beer. <laughs> um, I wasn't thinking about drinks. Yeah, I, I thought that I got to the number one concession food, and I'm thinking, what is it going to be? So as I scrolled, I was shocked at beer. Beer in the it last is, It is very wheat-filled. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Beer in the last 10 years has fallen to number three. Has been overtaken by nachos and hot dogs. Hmm. Well, past 10 years, I bet the prices have increased. And so. I think it's become more family-oriented. Probably buying nachos for the kids. Doesn't mean dad still can't have a few. <laughs> oh, yeah, a few. A few too many. They're, they're not out in the parking lot hammering down like they are at the old uh, tailgating. Yeah, there's, no, there's no tailgating. So, Greg? I can tell your attack dog is on watch. <laughs> I didn't mention the dog. Yeah. <laughs> just, just the just the kids. Yeah. So I am surrounded by dogs in every house in the neighborhood, and I have a dog that's protecting me from all of them. All of the noises and the wind. So funny story. There's a walnut tree in the backyard, and when the wind blows, <laughs> does this have anything to do with Paul's pile? <laughs> it does. Okay. The, it's just a funny story. All right. And when the wind blows. These giant walnuts fall out of the tree. <laughs> so as I was fixing a sprinkler in the backyard, and I was almost pummeled by walnuts. And did your dog protect you? No, but when they hit the deck, the dog goes ballistic. And she's going ballistic now. Yeah. That's all I have, Greg. <laughs> that's that's the there's no wrap up after that story. I know that's I just wanted right, to tell a little this? quick anecdotal story. Last thought for baseball, since it is the postseason now, give me your prediction of who you think is winning the World Series at least. Between, I'll give you some options. Don't worry, in case you don't know exactly who's there. I have a favorite. Oh, okay, who's your favorite? I think the Astros go all the way. All right. Well, you heard it here. Paul's pick is the Astros. Are you going to be like Mattress Mac and put three and a half million dollars on it? I'm not putting anything on this, and you're not no, going to convince me. You're done with betting after the I'm Patriots done with betting. whole thing. I lost my ten dollars worth of coins. Yeah, that's it. Okay. You're not allowed. You're cut off. I went to the post office, and they told me I can't mail coins, so you're going to have to wait. I guess. I mean, that's fine. You you have some you have some tools that I need though for my shed. Yeah, I have a tamper in my car. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What else do you need? I mean. <laughs> Your your support would be appreciated. <laughs> yes, me. I that, we gotta figure that weekend out. All right. So you have mattress Mac. You're not gonna do mattress Mac style. You're not gonna go three and a half million dollars. Your bookie has essentially cut you off. Am I correct? My bookie has cut me off. I've got yeah. nothing. Yeah, she's she's pretty strict. I've heard. So that's it though. You have the Astros winning. You've given us some fun baseball facts. Next week, who knows what you're gonna have? You could go two turns right and then make a left and we could be at tennis for all we know no i'd never talk about tennis i don't know <laughs> enough about it listen for all the tennis fans, Greg, i don't want anyone to kill me <laughs> i mean but it's never stopped you before i will never talk about tennis except for right now telling right. i will not be talking about tennis all right well paul as always appreciate it again congrats on the new grandchild any last Thanks, parting Greg. words well i Love doing the show, and I think it's pretty lighthearted. I think you have a great knowledge of sports, and I enjoy listening to you. It's it's fun to listen to, and I hope 
everyone takes the time to get past Paul's pylons and listen to the show because Greg, you got a lot going for you and congratulations on this. I, I really love it and thank you for having me on. It doesn't help that you have your own segment that you give me all this praise, I know. Well, I don't want to lose my segment. You know? <laughs> exactly. Protect, protecting the real estate. <laughs> exactly. All right, you you have a good day, sir. You, you enjoy too. your Friday afternoon. All right. All right. Take, take care. All right, bye. All right, another great week of Paul's Pylon. And before I get into my MLB October baseball, postseason baseball talk, let's take a quick break for another ad by Seat Giant. Check it out. Where should you go to get all your sports, concert, and any other type of ticket need? Seat Giant. That's right. You heard me. Seat Giant. That's where you're going to go to get all your sporting events and concert tickets because guess what? When you go there, you know you're getting the best deals. And when you use 12-ounce sports promo code, you get an even better deal. Again, use 12-ounce sports for the promo code and, you know, be on your way to having a fun family day. All right, now let's talk a little postseason baseball after Paul's pylon. Great again, given all the baseball stats. Every, I mean, the guy just brings it every single week. But postseason baseball. So, we had Tuesday and Wednesday wildcard games. One lived up to the name. One, not so much. We're, just, we're going to just touch, just touch, a little touch, a little touch on each game. Just as a reminder, for some reason, if you forgot what happened, first we had the Nationals versus the Brewers, and, well, it looked like the Brew Crew was going to come in, take care of business, send the Nationals packing again in the playoffs, because up to this point, the Nationals had not won or advanced in a division, not even a division, they have never advanced in any aspect of postseason baseball in four tries. This would be their fifth try. And they advanced. I mean, the Brew Crew was up. They were up 3-1, going in, 8th, ninth innings, and things just fell apart. They didn't just, I mean, the wheels just completely came off. They collapsed. I mean, they were playing without two of their better players in Braun and, well, their best player in Yelich. So there was. it was very hard to see them, you know, coming out against a Nationals team that was fully healthy, the fact that they actually were up 3-1 against Scherzer made you think, maybe they'll maybe they'll pull this out. Maybe. People's voices got high. They were, they were getting excited. They were getting questioning. They were getting high. They were like, eh, it, it could happen. It didn't. It didn't happen. So instead, Nationals moved on. Nationals fans were, you know, ecstatic. Of course, especially because it was just another thing they got to rub into Bryce Harper's face saying, hey, you left. Guess what? We finally advanced. Yeah. Take that, Bryce. In your $30 million a year contracts. Take that. I think he took it. I don't, I mean, I don't think it bothered him that much. It might. But he's still young. He's good. I think, I think he'll be all right. Think he can handle it. But then the next night, so that game lived up wildcard status. They had everything you wanted, you know. Big runs off the big starter. Team fights back. 
ties, wins it, advances for the first time, yada, yada, yada. Then we had the Rays versus the A's, which... <sighs> sorry, thinking about it, just the thought of it makes me want to snooze. It was a boring game. I mean, granted, props to the Rays for coming out and basically taking the energy out of that stadium early and often. I mean, that game was over after just a few innings. The A's only run came off of like an error that allowed a guy to get a few extra bases. And then like, I mean, it was just, it wasn't good. It wasn't exciting. It was not the wild card game we all had hoped for. Just wasn't. It wasn't fun for anyone, especially Oakland fans, who this was their ninth. So you thought the Nationals had a bad. No, Ace fans have them beat. Ace fans have not advanced in an elimination game in nine tries. They haven't won one. They have lost to teams like the Yankees and Red Sox and Tampa Bay. Like, they just never have the game go their way. And it stinks because it was the most people definitely at the Coliseum all year, which is, it's always sad. Like, no matter where that game was, you're going to have attendance that are people that probably didn't go to one game this year. So it's sad. But now, because of that, we do get the orange juice face-off we were all hoping for in the ALDS between the Astros and the Rays. And if you don't know what I mean by this, well, just look at their stadium names and it will all make sense. Tampa Bay plays at Tropicana Field, great orange juice brand. And then the Astros play at Minute Maid Field. So it's kind of funny. Garrett Cole came out yesterday with a tweet saying, do you like pulp or no pulp? Like it's just, it's literally an orange juice series of two teams that play in orange juice sponsored fields because that's where we are in sports today. Every field is sponsored for the most part. And sometimes you get a cute little nugget like this one where you can just make a little lighthearted joke out of it. And as much as I love lighthearted jokes, the Astros are going to stomp the Rays. So that's that's where I see that series going. And then before I talk about the NL games that took place yesterday, I'll also touch on the fact that I might be one of the few. But I think the Twins beat the Yankees. I think it happens in four games. I just don't think the Yankees pitching will be able to stand up against the Twins and their offense. I know the Yankees have a great offense. You can say, I just don't want the Yankees to advance. I don't. But I think it's time the Twins break through against the Yankees in the postseason. And I think it happens. And I think it'll be hilarious. Plus, Mike Francesca... Also said he thinks the Yankees are going to win. Basically put a curse on the Yankees because, well, based on every single Yankee fan reaction, they were not happy that he said this. If you don't know who he is, he's number one in the New York area. I don't know how, but he is. I, I just, I don't get it. You can come at me if you want. You can find me at sportsdance underscore on Twitter. I don't understand how people like Mike Francesca, Francesca, however you say his name. But So I have Astros, Twins, I said it last week, basing off in the ALCS. I don't think I'm going to go as far as Paul and say the Astros win it all. I forget what I said. I think I said the Dodgers. Really got to remember what I talk about week after week. But 
Right now, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. That's my gut feeling. I think they finally get over the final hump of the World Series. And, I mean, after the year they had, they des- they don't deserve it. Every team deserves it, technically. But I think they just did enough this year. Year after year, they're there. Let's let them just get their glory. Eh, why not? I'll go with the NL. AL wins all the time. Let's go with the National League this year. It's like the Western and Eastern Conference. The Raptors won. It was a change of pace. Dodgers can win. Speaking of which, we will talk about now. So now we know who faced off in the wild card. So the Dodgers got the Nationals in the late game. We'll talk about the earlier game first because Cardinals-Braves. What happened? Like, honestly. I was watching it. It was 3-1. It came back. It was 3-3. Watched it a little longer. Then switched back over to watch pregame football stuff. Came back 7-3. So then I had to watch because I was like, this just got so bad. And then the Braves almost came back and tied it. We won't get into how Acuna, I'm just terrible at names sometimes. I butcher names when I don't even think about it. How he didn't run out of the box. He watched a fly ball that he could have made into a double. There's a run right there. That could have been the tying run. Instead, he got doubled off off a Donaldson line drive. So it's just base running mistakes by a young guy. But in general, like the bullpen just imploded. Not a good look, not a good feeling going through into the next game knowing that your bullpen couldn't withstand a 3-1 lead late in the game. I still like the Braves to win. I just don't know if they will now because the Cardinals, every few years the Cardinals get that magic and it's just, come on. How do you bet against them? Well, I try to. It just never works out. But yeah, man, that, it, it, phew. Scott, if you're listening, Craft Brood Sports, um, I'm sorry, I feel bad for you. I feel like chicken, it's chicken little, like re- scream, the sky's falling. That was a bad, bad look for the Braves in game one. I think they'll bounce back. Granted, they got a tough matchup in game two, pitching wise. But. You gotta get some. You gotta make something happen before you go back to St. Louis. Because if you go to St. Louis down 2-0, it's series over. Cardinals advance NLCS. That's just that's just a fact. So you gotta look at that. But besides that game, the other game of the night, also kind of a weird game. Dodgers Nationals, as I said, because obviously Nationals won the wild card. They get the number one seed in the Dodgers. But kind of a weird game. A little bit. The Dodgers scored a run off a bases loaded walk, which gave them the one nothing lead for the majority of the game. Their first hit, though, as a team, came in the fourth inning. You know, like I was, we were all kind of hoping the Dodgers were going to win this game one nothing, but have a no-hitter thrown against them. That would just be an all-time amazing thing. It would be terrible for the Nationals and Corbin, who would pitch very well. But it would have been funny. It would have been something that definitely went down in the books. Instead, the Dodgers do what they always do, what they've done all season long, and that is just 
dominate, dominate, and dominate. The Nationals, I mean, at the beginning, it looked like a very close game. By the end of it, it was not close at all. The Dodgers just finally, their offense picked up. Their pitching just kept doing what they've been doing all game. And I expect to see a lot more of this throughout the series and just in general from the Dodgers throughout the playoffs. That's why I predict they're going to go back to the World Series. That's why I think they have a good chance to win the World Series. I mean, think about it. I know Kershaw has his postseason struggles. He'd even pitch game one. So they still have technically their ace to go in game two. But that's just really how it's going to be. Dodgers, I think, are going to roll through. Cardinals, Braves, that's going to be a toss-up now. I really thought Braves were just going to take control of that series. I do think, like I said before, Twins, Astros, or my AL side, I guess we'll find out more today. But besides that, that's all I got for postseason baseball. I don't have much time left. I'll touch on one or two things real quick. First, just shout-out to the St. Louis Blues. They won the Stanley Cup. They didn't win their first game. Hockey's back. They didn't win their first game. They lost in overtime. But they really just won the day by giving Layla, the girl from last year, the big super fan who has a form of cancer, which can't always go outside because obviously her body can't fight off germs. They gave her a Stanley Cup ring, and it was just awesome. It's a good feel-good moment. It was nice of them. Great move by the organization. And just a heartwarming video. Go check it out if you haven't. Besides that... That that was that was hockey talk, in case you didn't know. That's all I got for hockey. <laughs> F. We'll get we'll get more into it. NBA stuff. Basketball starts back up soon. You know, right now they're doing all the press stuff. You have James Harden taking one footed three pointers. Will that work? Yeah, probably work during the season. Will he get fouls from it? Yeah, most definitely. Then, besides that, the funniest thing I think that I've heard for the NBA you know, roundtable, player interviews, all that, is the fact that people actually think Alex Caruso is the second most athletic person on the Lakers. If you don't know who Alex Caruso is, just just type in his name, go look up some videos. You'll see why it's funny. It gave me a good laugh. But, I mean, the guy can ball. I, I mean, he just has hops. White man can jump. Then last but not least, college football. I'll touch on it real quick. California is going to pass a law that will allow college athletes in California to get paid. About time. That's all I can say. Players have needed this for years. Because it's not only just football players and basketball players that's going to benefit. It's going to benefit the softball players, the volleyball people, the water polo guys, all these sports that you don't think of, those kids can go out and make money in ways now that they weren't able to before. You can have somebody just do a spot, do be invited to a camp and get paid a hundred bucks to do it. I get that there's going to be whole, well, boosters are going to pay billions of dollars and millions of dollars to get these five-star recruits. Well, guess what? The five-star recruits are already going to Alabama, to Georgia, to Ohio State. Maybe this gets a few of them to come to your smaller school. That's really all how, that's the only way to look at it. 
So I think it's a good thing. Maybe this means NCAA football can come back because players can get paid for their likeness. Fingers crossed. That's all I can say. I mean, if you didn't enjoy NCAA college football, the video game, or even a football fan, or even a college football fan, if like if you like college football and you didn't like that game, come on. You wanted to be able to run the option every single play. You were Vince Young. You created a team where it was Vince Young and Reggie Bush somehow on the same team, and you just dominated. Because that's that's if you had Vince Young, you just dominated that game in the option run. You had like three solid years of Vince Young, Vince Sanity, where he could do that. So maybe this whole likeness thing gets it to be a thing now, and players getting pay, paid. Sooner or later, the NCAA will have to come around. They'll have to come to the 21st century and allow it because you can't keep saying kids that have YouTube pages and things like this where they can make money off of aren't allowed to because you said so. You get paid. You make billions of dollars. Not millions. Billions of dollars off these kids. It's about time you cut them in on a little bit of the cash. Cut them in on the profit. And then you don't have to deal with the headache anymore. Besides that, though, big game this weekend. The game to look out for. Florida, Auburn, two top SEC teams. One of them is going to get knocked out of the playoff hunt this weekend. My money's on Auburn taking the game. Florida has looked pretty good. But I don't think they're as good as we all think they are. Just like Clemson, who rightfully so is not the number one team in the country anymore after squeaking by UNC. I said on Saturday, I agreed with the poll on Monday, Clemson doesn't deserve to be the number one team. Clemson right now doesn't look like a top four team. They don't look like they should be in the playoff. That's how bad they look. And they don't play anybody. They will have to just blow the door off every single team they face from here on out to be able to even get the respect they need to get into that top four playoff. Because if you have five undefeated teams, and four of them have looked like top four teams, and then you have Clemson. I don't know what you do. You kick the reigning champs out, you might. That's all I got for you, though, this week. Again, hopefully you have a good weekend. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you buy anything from 12 on Sports Radio, you can send it to us, show us what you spent at the store. You can get entered in to win $100. And that also, if you get on College Game Day with a sign that says 12 on Sports, you can also get $100. So you have all those fun things going on right now. Check it out. Check out the site. Check out the other shows. Have a good weekend. Once again, my name is Greg. This has been my stance on sports. Have a good one. The Sports Stance.